The bass note shatters the heavy stillness of the bayou, met by the rush of beating wings. They play counterpoint to the staccato slap-slap-slap of rapid, leather-padded footsteps, while pearls of brackish liquid wind their way down the pale, unshaven skin as cold and clammy as the murky waters of the swamp itself. The reverberating cacophony of sound blends to mark the opening movement of a terrible, exquisite symphony. A symphony of fear. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Swamp Things, comic book muckmen, bog beasts, and mud monsters. Episode 6, Swamp Thing teams up with, like, everybody. Featuring Justice League Dark numbered 1 and 2, and Scooby-Doo team-up. Hello and welcome to another episode of Swamp Things, comic book muck men and mud monsters presented by the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about Swamp Monster comics because I love comics and I love Swamp Monsters and this is just my opportunity to, uh, as I've said before, mix up my peanut butter, mix up my chocolate and get something that tastes great. And uh, a lot of times that means we do end up talking a lot about Swamp Thing and Man Thing. And in this episode, we are only going to be talking about Swamp Thing. Um, the weird thing is, and, and this this episode is, is kind of, uh, I don't know, testament to this weirdness. Uh, the last few months, Swamp Thing and Man Thing have been popping up all over the place in their respective universes. And it's just a weird phenomenon. I don't quite understand it. And so this episode of, of Swamp Things is going to focus in on Swamp Thing. And then uh, next episode will, I think, focus in on, on Man-Thing because Man-Thing has uh, a story arc that will be finished within a month or two. And But it's just, it's just strange. And it's also strange that it's kind of happening at the same time on both sides of the aisle. Marvel and DC and it's just I, I don't I don't understand it and I've been trying to think through like some sort of really uh, you know thought-provoking and and maybe even life-changing or or even I don't know uh, just some sort of great pseudo-philosophical uh, reasoning behind why are swamp monsters all of a sudden in vogue and I think part of it is just because they're kind of cool and they don't have their own series. Both of them don't. And yet both of them are kind of appearing monthly in series. So it's almost like they do have their own series. Um, now, on the Marvel side with Man-Thing, he's showing up all over the place in the Deadpool comics. But he's also showing up in Champions. And and then he was also a, a primary um, character in the Doctor Strange Damnation series. Uh, for Swamp Thing's part, he's just teaming up with everyone. Uh, he's... The first thing that I'm not really going to talk about because I really didn't get into it that much, but it was an okay story, um, is Milk Wars, which was a young animal thing from DC, which was uh, new characters and, and uh, these new characters had a crossover with the DC universe to interact with you know, Superman and Wonder Woman and, and Swamp Thing. 
So uh, that happened. I acknowledge that it happened, but I'm not going to really talk about it too much just because it's a decent story, but it's not something I was super excited about. Uh, the other ones, though, there's some there's some really exciting storytelling going on and exciting storytelling that I actually cared about. <laughs> so um, I'm sitting here on my back porch. I'm outside. I don't know if my microphone is good enough that you can't hear the uh, crickets and bugs and stuff out around here. Um, and uh, so I'm sitting in my my, uh, I don't know if I would call it a lawn chair. It's one of those that folds up and you slide it into a little bag, put it over your shoulder and, you know, go to sporting events with it, uh, which I lately have been going to sporting events, not with a chair because you can't sit down because my son is running cross country and, uh, you it's, it's the weirdest spectator sport ever. Uh, okay. It probably isn't, but it is in my experience where you go, you find a spot, you watch them come by and then you hurry to another spot and then watch them go by. And then you hurry to another spot and watch them go by and you just have these herds of parents running around from place to place on the cross country, um, course, I guess it's not a track, but, uh, and I've been enjoying it, you know, doing that and my son enjoys it and I want to support him in that. But, um, yeah, so I think we took these chairs to the first one. Um, but anyway, I'm sitting on my porch in that, and I've got uh, my computer is on a uh, a cooler, and I've got my stack of comics next to the computer on the cooler. Um, on a step stool on my other side, I have uh, a nice old school from the 80s uh, Pepsi glass that um, has that old school logo that's back now uh, that they're using in their new packaging. Uh, got some ice water in there. Uh, it's cooled off. I was planning on doing this episode actually a number of days over the last week or so, or the last couple of weeks actually, uh, but it's been so hot outside that I wouldn't have done it outside, uh, which would have been okay. I mean, it, it's okay to, to break the, the trend every now and again. Um, but I decided, you know, I, I ended up not doing it uh, in those on those days. And so today I decided I'm going to go outside and it is nice and cool. Oh, my goodness. It is so nice out here. I love the cold. Anyone who um, spends time with me, uh, enough time with me to, you know, do small talk about the weather knows I love cold weather. And I think it has to do with growing up uh, in Ontario and in Michigan and kind of these northern Midwest states, not the true north Midwest state. I mean, I was not UP of Michigan and I was not, you know, Minnesota or Wisconsin or anything like that. Not the true high, far north of the United States, certainly not Alaska, but I do love the cold. In fact, last night I actually woke up when the heat broke is because uh, we had a fan running in our window. We don't have air conditioning in our house. And so it's, when I say it's hot, I mean, it's, it's just really hot. And uh, I had a hard time falling asleep. And then last night, a storm woke me up about 1.30. And the storm woke me up because it was blowing wind into the fan and causing the fan to move faster and slower. And then I realized, oh, there's a storm coming in. And I felt just the air cool off as as it was coming in. I felt rain actually was coming in through the fan and spraying across the room a little bit. And that was, that was really nice for a little bit. And so I was like, oh, and I just enjoyed it being cool. And then I wrapped the blanket around me. When I went to bed, you were not going to use a blanket. 
but at that point in time, you had to have a blanket and it was just so nice. So anyway, I'm, I'm not here to talk about, uh, yeah, my sleeping arrangements and the weather and all that sort of thing. Uh, I'm here to talk about Swamp Thing teaming up with just a ton of people in, uh, the DC universe. And it's, it's just wild where he's shown up. So I will just say this, uh, the way I judge comics, if you haven't listened to any of the Swamp Monster comic uh, coverage that I've done, the way I judge Swamp Monster com- comics is three C's. I judge it by the creature, I judge it by the cover, and I judge it by the content. And so the creature is, you know, if it's a one-off, is it a compelling creature? Is it an interesting creature? And it is a cool-looking creature. Uh, but if it is a uh, regular character like swamp thing or man thing or the heap is it a good characterization of the character and is it something that i can uh relate to as much as anyone can relate to us a swamp monster um the cover the big question i'm asking with the cover is not just is it good although that is one of the questions i'll be talking about whenever i talk about any of these covers but the big question is is it poster worthy is it the kind of thing that I would love to just hang on my wall if I had space on my wall to hang comic book swamp monster covers? And so there are sometimes when I do buy a comic book just for its cover and I just come across a cool comic cover and I think I want I want the swamp monster picture <laughs> and then hopefully the story will be as good as as the picture on the on the cover. And uh, so I'm asking myself, is is it poster worthy? And then the final thing is uh, the content, and that is, is the story good? Did I enjoy the story? Was it was it a a worthwhile read? And so I'll be doing that for all of these. Now, normally I will talk about you know a a main topic, and then I would have a backup feature, which would usually come from like a, a horror anthology where it's just a one-off short swamp monster story. Talk about that, whether I enjoyed it or not. And then we talk about swamp creatures on the screen. And then uh, there'd be some sort of skit or humor thing, um, which I say it's a humor thing. Uh, your particular taste in humor may disagree. But for this episode, I'm not doing a backup because I'm talking about well, I'm talking about six, seven comics. I mean, I already talked about the uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye slash Swamp Thing special number one from uh, earlier this year. Uh, and then I'm also talking one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, so technically speaking, I mean, if we include the Milk Wars thing, um, we're talking about seven comics here. But uh, I won't be talking then about a, a backup feature because there's just so much there. But I will still be talking about Swamp Thing on the screen because there was a huge, huge thing featuring Swamp Thing prominently all over the place. And now, I this is not the Swamp Thing live action TV series that's going to be on DC Universe, which is really something that. Um, well, I'm pretty excited about, but uh, this Swamp Monster on the screen is Swamp Thing featured very prominently, and I can't wait to talk about it because it's worth talking about. I'm going to start, though, with uh, Damage. This uh, is issue number six 
of damage, and it's from June 20th, 2018. And this comes from the corner of the DC universe that, that's spinning out of the Dark Knight's Metal series that they did, which I'm really not very familiar with. I, I did peek in it because uh, I believe that Dark Knight's Metal, uh, the main series, had an issue where they uh, featured a, a Swamp Thing uh, prominently. I looked at the issue and put it back and didn't buy it, and I can't remember why. Um, it just didn't really stick out to me, and I think maybe I was just going to wait and see if, if Swamp Thing showed up again, which I, I don't think he did. But uh, this uh, series is something that I've not been paying much attention to, and I'm just not that interested in it. But there was issue six, and on the cover of issue six, you have a character who I presume to be Damage uh, standing in a swamp, and behind him, arms outstretched like he's going to you know, just, just give damage a, a, a nice big bear hug from behind, um, or attack him from behind, but, uh, is, is swamp thing rising up from the swamp. And it says on the cover, the cover copy is, and now swamp thing, uh, this particular book was written by Robert Venditti and, uh, the artists are Trevor Scott and Diogenesis, no Diogenes, Diogenes, Neves, uh, I just, well, you know how I am about names. Um, I butcher them, and I don't say them confidently. Uh, so Daniel Butcher, who is my fellow podcasting friend, has told me, you know, you just say it confidently and no one knows except for the people who know. And uh, this I, I just didn't say very confidently. And I, I'm sorry, Diogenes, um, even as I butcher your name in my apology. So uh, damage number six is... I don't know this character. I, I don't know anything about him, but the opening, uh, there's a little uh, caption box that has information about who this character is and what there is to know about him. And it says, Ethan Avery joined the military to become a hero, but instead was turned into a monster, escaped, and on the run, he's the one-hour weapon of mass destruction code named Damage. So, yeah, he was created by the military to be a uh, one-man weapon of mass destruction. But they say one-hour weapon of mass destruction, and that is because once he transforms, hulks out, whatever, uh, there's a countdown in the comic for him. And it it's it, they, it's put to good use, actually, especially at the end with the, uh, the appearance of Swamp Thing. And so that's one unfortunate thing with this comic is that the appearance of Swamp Thing comes toward the end of the book and in coming toward the end of the book it means i'm talking about kind of the resolution of the issue but well yeah so there's gonna be spoilers uh the issue starts out and has damage uh versus poison ivy and gorilla grod because they have joined forces and only damage stands in their way uh but then poison ivy does rebel against gorilla grod and there's you know some back and forth and forth and back between them uh after all is said and done the battle is over and the gorillas are on the run and poison ivy helps damage heal and then swamp thing appears to ethan avery and this is where it's a nice moment uh he he uh, helps ethan and then he asks for help in return because when poison ivy and the gorillas were trying to take over the world or take over a small corner of the world they created a jungle that was basically an invasive species as part of their plan 
and uh, it's very beautiful and pristine and Swampy just can't bring himself to destroy it. So he asks damage to, and this is where in the, the context of the story, the countdown is put to good use because the countdown um, went right after Ethan Avery agrees that he's going to destroy the swamp. Uh, they cut away and you see the swamp, you see the countdown begin, and then you see um, some of the trees and stuff start going down because he's destroying it by hand. And then uh, because of that, he's able to get some, some help from swamp thing. So, uh, my judgment on this issue is the cover is decent. If not completely original, uh, the creature swamp thing, I mean, he comes on and he is the, you know, the protector of the green and he, he fits that role well. And, and there's nothing in the characterization that makes me feel like I'm not reading, um, a swamp thing comic. And then the, the kind of, there's a little bit of a twist there with, Swamp Thing coming and saying, you know, this is this is a problem for it to be here, but I just can't bring myself to destroy it because it's so beautiful uh, that I, I feel like the characterization of the creature here, this in this case being Swamp Thing, obviously, it's a good characterization of the character. And I like the way they use it. I like that that little bit of a twist there with him saying, I just I can't destroy it. So damage number six, though, is not something that I would run out and get. And I mean, I'm, I'm getting these because I'm basically a completionist, I'm not a hundred percent a completionist. As, as I said, like I didn't get the Marvel Knights thing with, with Swamp Thing in it. And, uh, I also didn't get the second issue of the next one that I'm about to talk about. Although issue number two has come out, uh, and Swamp Thing is in issue number two, but he doesn't take a very prominent role. And so I think what I'm going to end up doing is buying the collected edition, of of what this this next series is but uh again swamp thing he's featured prominently in this and uh this one came out on july 18th 2018 and it's injustice versus masters of the universe and it's a six issue miniseries which is another reason why i'm probably going to wait on it i expect that swamp thing will have a little bit more to do later on but in this issue Swamp Thing is really just used to help move things forward and get things moving forward and help convince the other characters that they should get things moving forward. What's interesting about this uh, is, I mean, first of all, it's it's Injustice, which the Injustice universe is something that I'm interested in because uh, a buddy of mine worked on that series. Uh, Mark, that's uh, Mike Miller, where he he was the artist on the main series for I don't know a couple of the arcs there. Uh, but I never actually read it. I just looked at it and <laughs> was like, yeah, go Mike. I I love you, man. I'm glad you're, you're doing this. Uh, but it's based on the video game series. And the video game series I talked about before, Injustice 2, or I don't know if it had a subtitle. I can't remember now, but uh, has Swamp Thing as a playable character. And so I got to play Swamp Thing uh, in this video game at, at Evan's place, uh, my buddy Evan, who is going to actually be showing up as a co-host on the next episode of Comic Book Time Machine, although not with me. He's with Matt. I don't understand this. I don't understand why um, Matt is doing episodes of Comic Book Time Machine with my friend Evan, who you also have heard if you listen to the Gods and Monsters episodes that we did, but um, Matt won't do episodes with with me. Uh, there's, there's something wrong here, Matt. So if you're listening... Um, there's, there's something wrong here. You need to be doing episodes with me. Uh, 
if we get around to actually reading the stuff that we talked about doing episodes about. So I guess that's more on me than on him. Um, and we were talking about Planet of the Apes, man. There's some cool comics and some cool reprints that have been coming out. And we're both big fans of the Planet of the Apes franchise, uh, Matt and I both. Uh, Evan's a fan of it too, uh, but specifically I'm talking about Matt here. I mean, I, I do podcasting with, with Evan every week on Strangers and Aliens. So uh, anyway, this, uh, the Injustice video game was cool. It was fun to play. Swamp Thing is a playable character. Uh, but here it's Injustice versus Masters of the Universe, which there's been a handful of DC crossovers with Masters of the Universe. And apparently Injustice ha- involves like multiple universes. I don't know every, all the details behind that. I don't know how it works, but I, I know enough about it to know it's a thing they've crossed over. And, you know, Masters of the Universe, the first comic book that I, I believe the first Masters of the Universe comic book that there was uh, outside of the packaging of the toys was um, uh, DC Comics Presents with Superman uh, going to to Eternia. And so anyway, Injustice versus Masters of the Universe, there's, there's some interesting stuff going on as far as the uh, political uh, landscape of Eternia. He-Man has to come in and take back the throne from Faker or Fakor. I can't remember, but he um, he has to take back the throne. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of political stuff going on there. And then he's visited by heroes from the Injust- Injustice universe who are coming to him because he's able to be a match for Superman. And one of the ways that they convince He-Man and his, his friends that uh, – the thing that they're coming and asking help for is is true is because Swamp Thing and Moss Man are both part of the green and both part of the Parliament of Trees. And so that's kind of cool. So they're connected in that way. And I plan to read more, but uh, I'm not going to spend too much more time on it. And uh, here in this episode, I, I might come back to it later in another Swamp Things episode if indeed – Swamp Thing does do more in the the following comics. But uh, as far as the cover goes, um, well, let's start with the creature. As far as the creature goes, it's the Injustice Universe version of Swamp Thing. And I, I can't really tell you much about that character, but he does act again as you know protector of Earth and part of the Parliament of the Green. And he's there really for, for exposition and to help characters get from one place to another. Uh, it's... There's, there's a little bit more to it than that, but not much. Uh, then as far as the uh, the content goes, well, I, I think I've covered that. And then as far as the cover goes, uh, I did not see any covers that actually featured Swamp Thing on it. And so is a poster worthy? Well, not as a Swamp Monster poster. Let's put it that way. But then the next week, Swamp Thing appears in two comics. July 25th, 2018, he is in... Uh, Justice League Dark, which I've been very excited to see what that's going to be like once I heard it was uh, announced and saw some of the designs. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then Scooby-Doo Team Up number 40. <laughs> so um, Scooby-Doo Team Up number 40 is written by Sholy Fish and drawn by Dario Briazuela. 
And in this, uh, the Scooby gang finds themselves in a swamp that's been afflicted by zombies and it's old school zombies. And they keep bringing up actually that it's old school zombies. Whenever they talk about the zombies, are they going to eat our brains? And, and Velma's like, no, this is not the kind of zombie. This is a real zombie. This is not the kind that chases you. Uh, this is the zombie because someone has used voodoo to create them by taking control of people. And so it's, that's fun. First of all, that's kind of fun. But then you have, uh, there's some really fun gags in there. Uh, funny Saturday morning cartoon type gags, which you would expect, you know, in a, in a comic book that is a Saturday morning cartoon comic book. Uh, it's, it's funny though. It's, it's enjoyable and funny. Uh, the old school zombies. It's fun to have. Uh, then there's also Chester Williams, who is a uh, hippie from the Swamp Thing series who really had some kind of poignant and, and good stories in there. Uh, he appears as Shaggy's uncle. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, another fun little bit was when they were talking about how uh, uh, they, one of them says, didn't we already unmask a Swamp Thing once? And then, no, that was Swamp Thing with no space in the middle. And then it's, oh, it's hard to keep these swamp creatures straight. Uh, so that's, that's kind of fun as well. I mean, just there was an episode of Scooby-Doo where they did unmask a swamp monster that I, uh, if I ever am able to track down a place to watch that particular um, segment or, or episode or whatever from the Scooby-Doo show, that would probably be justifiable to do a swamp monster on the screen about that. But uh, there's another swamp monster lurking in the pages of the comic, but I'm not going to spoil everything. Uh, overall, I enjoyed this. Uh, the Scooby-Doo team up number 40 was fun, but how does the judgment come down? Well, the creature is great. I mean, he comes across as very serious in the midst of a very goofy situation uh, as he's dealing with the, the Scooby gang and the zombie crisis, but he is, I mean, he's presented as Swamp Thing in the midst of characters who are presented as the Scooby gang and, and it works well. It's kind of fun. Um, the cover is very good, but also not original. And why is that? Well, it's basically the same cover as damage number six. Really? You have the Scooby gang in the front and they're in a swamp and the swamp thing is rising up from the swamp behind them, arms outstretched as if he's about to give them a great big bear hug or attack them. And in this case, it's meant to look like he's going to attack them. He looks very menacing and they look very scared. But at the same time, you know what? you know, he's not going to attack them because, you know, they're the Scooby gang and this is not a serious, serious story. The opening of this episode of the podcast though, is actually from this issue. And it's, um, it's fun because it's, uh, presented as Scooby and, and Shaggy are running through the swamp and swamp things just kind of sitting and, and listening and just being in the swamp as they're running by. And then as they run by, you turn the page after the that narration and they're sighing because they're being so melodramatic at, at times, you know, and uh, that they, they've never seen anyone so frightened by a bullfrog's croaking. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's, it's just a fun issue. So that same day, I also got to pick up Justice League Dark 
number one, which was written by James Tinian IV and drawn by Raul Fernandez and Alvaro Martinez. And the cover announces the champions of magic. And in this issue, you have Swamp Thing teaming up with Detective Chimp and Man Bat and Zatanna and Wonder Woman to find out who or what is breaking magic or killing magic or doing something bad to make magic go horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, Justice League Dark is absolutely a horror comic book. It is, um, there is gross stuff in it. There is violent stuff in it. There's brutal stuff in it. But it's it's also well written and and very interesting. Um, the this one kind of has the the setup where you find out that something bad is coming, and uh, in fact the way they put it is the original owners of magic are coming. It will infect the earth with horror and burn out all living beings. The other kind will see you. You need to run. The upside down man is nearly here. And so the second issue of Justice League Dark came out um, July, no, August 22nd. And, uh, and so the team, they don't get along very well. Wonder Woman is not a magic user and therefore she's not accepted. And she's blaming Zatanna for causing problems. And Detective Chimp is grumpy and man bat. Uh, in the first issue, he shows up and he's you know, the scientist guy that he is meant to be. And uh, he turns into man bat though, to do some fighting and stuff. And he has reverted from being a scientist to being a beast and swamp thing doesn't really want to be there. And they fight some really awful undead creatures from John Carpenter's the thing, uh, at least from the effects workshop. And then they reluctantly go as a team to see Dr. Fate to find out what's going on. And in this issue that we actually get to see the upside down man and, uh, yeah, this is absolutely a horror comic book, and the ideas in it is kind of interesting. I'm curious about this mystery. Um, Swamp Thing is in the midst of an existential crisis, so while everyone goes to Fate's Tower, and I'm not going to spoil exactly what goes on there, but they're confronted by some people, uh, and the confrontation is not what they were expecting, but uh, Swamp Thing goes to a Tree of Wonder, which is a... a point that the bad guys are are coming to and john constantine comes to swampy and they talk about how quote uh swamp thing says alec holland has never felt further away i've given much of myself and my life to this world and still it finds new ways to horrify and disappoint me the green will be better served by a defender who is still rooted in this world and so you get the you know the impression that Swamp Thing is is floating. You know, he is no longer connected to the world that he is meant to protect. Now, what's interesting is they have changed Swamp Thing's look a little bit in Justice League Dark here. And they've changed it to make him uh, look a little bit like Alan Moore. Now, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, he's got these kind of viney hair and viney beard and he still has that that nose ridge thing that goes over his cheeks and nose and he's still got this the muscular um plant-like body but the it's basically the it's the hair and and the, the quote-unquote hair and and beard uh, it doesn't really mess things up too much for me other than i'm just so used to him being well bald so this is you know, maybe part of becoming unrooted from the world and, and becoming more, you know, aloof and above the world as part of the Parliament of Trees, um, maybe that just caused him to just 
go unkempt and not get a haircut. I don't know. Uh, but the point is he, he does look different. And this is probably the first really major change except for, you know, stylistic change. Most of the variations of Swamp Thing that you're going to see are taking the basic character design and then just applying the artist's style to it. And so you might have like huge shoulders and, and a thin waist and small legs or something like that, or you may have a, just a, a human proportion body, but generally the, the skin for lack of a better word is going to be the same. And this is the first real application of a different uh, skin. I, I, that's not the best word to use. When I say skin, I'm really talking more like using a, a video game skin, you know, where you have your character and then you apply a skin to it that includes, you know, details like clothing and, and hair and, and facial expressions and features and stuff like that, that um, just changes slightly based on the body type that you have created. And that's kind of what's happened here is that the body type is there and the, the skin looks a little bit different. So, you know, if I'm looking at my three judgment uh, categories, the creature, what's nice about, about Swamp Thing in this is that he is pushing forward as, as much as a character can in a team book. I mean, he's sharing the book with Wonder Woman and he's sharing the book with Detective Chimp and Man Bat and Zatanna. And it's an interesting dynamic, but that's five characters and and they all have to have their own you know story arcs throughout this and so swamp things story arc is this whole idea of you know should i be protecting a world that i don't feel like i'm a part of anymore and don't connect with anymore and i like that i like that a lot and so as far as the creature goes while maybe he's not the same quote unquote as the the swamp thing i'm used to it's a natural progression of the character. The the covers, so there there are two covers that I have, and and there's there's more, but the two covers I have are the ones that I like the best because of the look of of Swamp Thing on them. In fact, I even traded in. I don't even remember what the the uh, the main cover of issue number two looks like, but um, that's what was put in my pull box, and I, I traded it out for this other cover. But the cover number one just has kind of a montage of the five different characters and, and would I call it poster worthy? Probably not. Um, even though it's nice to have Swamp Thing featured prominently on the issue. Uh, number two, that one might be, I might consider that one uh, poster worthy. Again, you have Swamp Thing kind of front and center in this one and they don't have the logo on it. They have the title very small at the bottom of the the cover so it's kind of unsoiled by by uh too much cover or uh, cover materials and then you have man bat flying you have zatanna calling magic you have detective chimp with his magic sword and then you have wonder woman and they're all moving they're all running into action or moving into action or about to go into action and uh i like it like that i mean that's that's something that um as as i look at covers and as i kind of judge covers uh i I want to see motion if they're posed then I want there to be a good reason for them to be posed. Like, you know, uh, I think it's Keith Giffen's, uh, you know, justice league international cover. That's just that famous one where they're all just standing there looking up at you, the reader. Um, and they've got chips on their shoulders. Uh, 
there's a posed one and it's a good pose with this they're moving they're they're running into action and they're running toward you and i, I like that so yeah this one is uh almost frame worthy very very close to being frame worthy that brings us to the final one of the bunch and that is suicide squad annual number one and that came out the same day uh, i believe as as justice league dark number one and suicide squad annual number one i bought it almost out of obligation uh suicide squad is not a team that i really follow i don't really care too much about the series uh, I know what Suicide Squad is. I went and saw the movie, and I think I have one or two other comics in my collection that feature Suicide Squad, but I'm not even sure I read them. But I understand what it is, which is a group of criminals who are made to go on missions because if they don't, they'll get killed. So the missions themselves are sometimes suicide missions. So they're going to possibly die, but they're going to die one way or another. Go on the mission. You might die. Don't go on the mission. You will die. And so I was wondering what I was going to get out of this because I'm not following the current series, but it's an annual. And so a lot of time annuals are done in one uh, and they are an opportunity to just get a story about the characters that you don't necessarily have to be following all the issues and and knowing exactly what's going on we've also gotten away from that in some with some comics where the annual is just the big giant special you know if if the regular series is your regular tv episodes then the annual is just that double length tv episode that's a very special episode of of whatever in this case, I was more than pleasantly surprised by Suicide Squad Annual Number One. Uh, it's written by Colin Bunn, and it's uh, the art is by Ronan Cliquette, and uh, the cover shows the members of the Suicide Squad, this particular iteration of the team, getting pulled by vines into a giant Swamp Thing's mouth, and it says an all-new squad against the wrath of Swamp Thing. And I'm just going to put it out there. Um, this doesn't happen in the book. Metaphorically, I guess it kind of does, but yeah. I was surprised, though. I was really, really surprised by this, this issue. I was surprised by the story. I was surprised by how much I was able to get into it. The all-new squad helped. You know, this is not about the same team that's in the main series. This is a completely new team thrown together for this issue. This issue is a done in one. And there's a big reason for that. And that's because of the title suicide squad. So in this issue, a, a creature escapes bell reef prison and Amanda Waller wants her back. Now the creature is one half of a duo that was stitched together. And then, uh, the dominant half was a man and he kind of took over the duo and performed heinous crimes against nature and against science and honestly against human beings. Then the killer side died on the operating table in Bell Reef and that left the, uh, 
the disturbed and crazy side still alive, and that's who escaped. So Waller sends in her new squad, which is Merlin. And I think Merlin is probably the only character I've ever heard of before. Uh, and then Scream Queen and Shimmer and Scorpio and Dow Jones. But, you know, Dow Jones is D-O-W Jones. That's the, you know, stocks and stuff. This is Dow Jones T-A-O, which is the Eastern philosophy. <laughs> So that's kind of cool, kind of clever. Uh, Ragdoll and then a young looking childish character named Baby Boom. Uh, cute little pun, but it's also a little disturbing. So they're to bring the monster back alive, but the monster escaped into the swamp, and the swamp has a powerful protector and the monster has a terrible secret. So her secret, and this is how she was able to escape is that she's haunted by her victims from when she was under the other half's control and they haunt the area around her and they kill things and hurt things and it's not good. And so the conflicts in the swamp happen, they're brutal and they're bloody and they end up having to live up to their team name as they're dealing with not just this woman who is afflicted by the haunting of her victims, but Swamp Thing who wants to protect her from the Suicide Squad because he sees her as an innocent victim. And so as soon as Swamp Thing gets involved, Waller wants them to bring back both monsters, which is of course easier said than done. But yeah, the, the conflict ends in tragedy and there is a haunting ending for Waller as well as Swamp Thing gives her a warning before he goes back into the swamp to do what he's going to do. Uh, but <laughs> the all new squad at the end, there's, well, there's, there's seven to start with and there's not seven at the end. And that was refreshing in some ways to watch these characters actually uh, die and to realize, oh, there's there's stakes here. And then you also see Waller's character and you see um, there was one bit at the end where I was really surprised to see uh, the final fate for one of the characters. And the other characters are dealing with the, the ghosts and, and they're dealing with, with Swamp Thing himself. And so uh, the creature in this one, this is... Uh, creature and content together. This is a great Swamp Thing story. Uh, you could say, yes, it's a Suicide Squad story, but because of the one-shot nature of things and the one-shot nature of this particular team, to me, it really is more a Swamp Thing story, which is a story that has you know, a beginning where you're seeing the setup the characters who are going to be going through the story. And then you have, you know, Swamp Thing come into the story and disrupt everything. And then you have the outcome for those characters. Uh, this felt like it would be right at home as an issue in a Swamp Thing series. Because, yeah, he is the primary focus. And the only reason we're seeing kind of this extra stuff with these other characters is just to know where they came from before they came into the the story before they set foot in the swamp. I, I endorse this issue. I mean, I really, really enjoyed this. I recommend it. If you like horror comics, um, like I said before, it is bloody, it is brutal. 
and it is merciless, but it's also, uh, there's a good story going on here. Swamp thing as a character tries to protect the innocent who need protecting, uh, but there's a tragedy involved as well. And then there's that kind of twist ending sort of in the last couple of pages where swamp thing is able to confront Waller for what she had done. The cover is good, but it's not poster worthy. Um, and that's just because there's six characters, seven characters. I don't even know who they are. And I only know Merlin because they name him in the issue. Um, and then it's just that big kind of, I mean, Swamp Thing's head is pretty much the entire cover with all them in front of it. But yeah, so that is Swamp Thing teaming up with like everybody. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a podcast promo promo and I only play podcast promos for podcasts that I like and listen to. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have a podcast of your own and I haven't played your podcast promo, it's not because I don't like you. It's just because I haven't discovered you and I haven't listened to you. So I'm going to play a podcast promo right now, and then we will come back to Swamp Things on the screen. Warlord Worlds, a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, Star Slayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. Join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at warlordworlds.com. So I went to a movie with my two sons and one of my sons is 17 and my other son is seven and they were both with me. I'm 43. We're sitting in the theater watching this movie and we are all cracking up. Now we're cracking up at different times for different reasons. Uh, One of the things that my seven-year-old son was cracking up about was just the butt jokes that were coming out of this movie. I was cracking up a little bit at my son cracking up about the butt jokes. My other son and I were laughing about the time travel uh, shenanigans that were going on in this movie. And when I say time travel shenanigans, I mean time travel shenanigans. This movie is a movie that if you love the DC universe, I recommend you go and see this movie, even if you're not familiar with the TV show it comes from. The movie was Teen Titans Go to the movies. And just broad, not swamp specific, but broad, there is so much going on in this movie, so much funniness going on in this movie. It's poking fun at the easy targets like the Martha 
uh, plot point from uh, Superman versus Batman, but it's also poking fun at deep cuts uh, like the challengers of the unknown. And it's making fun of Warner brothers. It's making fun of Marvel. It's, you know, this is the DC universe making fun of itself. And it's based on just that high energy, goofy, Powerpuff Girls type humor type animation that's coming out of Teen Titans Go, which my younger son and I have just recently started watching together on Hulu. And so it, you know, going to this movie, we were going into it knowing some of the jokes or the kinds of jokes that we're going to get into. There's musical numbers, which are hilarious. There's uh, Wade Wilson shows up and they make Deadpool jokes, even though he's not Deadpool, which is the whole point of the jokes is I'm not Deadpool, but I don't want to give away too much because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like the DC universe as a whole. Even if you're not a huge fan of the DC universe, you probably like the the characters. And if you don't like them, maybe you're just aware of them. Uh, but this movie, there's just, it's a, it's a joke a minute and you know, there's, there's some heart in the movie and, um, at the end of the movie, you know, there's, there's meant to be a, a lesson, you know, what, what we have learned applies to your life today. And, uh, Robin makes a plea to the children, uh, at the end of the movie. And my seven-year-old turned to me and asked the question that Robin said, uh, he needs to ask. And <laughs> fortunately, uh, my son wasn't waiting for an answer because that was not a discussion I wanted to have in the middle of the theater. And again, I don't want to uh, spoil too much. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to see this movie. It is fun and it is funny and Swamp Thing is prominent. Now, Aquaman is also prominent. Superman is also prominent. Nick Cage, by the way, plays Superman. Finally, he gets to you know do his uh, his dream. But Aquaman is in the movie, and there's some there's some funny Aquaman ga- gags, and there's some not so funny Aquaman gags. But Swamp Thing is all over the place in this movie. He is in like every single crowd scene that they have. He's there and part of the DC crowd. And it's, uh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he was there so many times. And so, yeah, he, this definitely qualifies for swamp creatures on the screen. Now, the question about swamp creatures on the screen is not the, uh, not the creature cover content kind of thing. It's, is this muck encrusted? Or is it a mockery? And so, uh, you know, the muck encrusted, that's good. The mockery, that's bad. And I'm going to say I could give it the rating of mockery. But I'm going with muck encrusted because he's, he's there. I'm sitting in a theater and on the big screen, I'm seeing an animated version of Swamp Thing. Now, yes. We've seen animated versions of Swamp Thing in his own animated TV show and in Justice League action. And that's it that I know of. He may have been in Justice League Unlimited. I don't know. 
I don't think so. Or if he was, it was very, very minor. And I'm sure that if he was, I'm going to dig it up eventually as I do, you know, Swamp Thing episodes. But this was such a fun surprise. Now, it wasn't a complete surprise because I had seen a couple promos where you saw Swamp Thing sitting in a theater. But I was a little bit not nervous, not worried. I just figured maybe that is just for the promo of the movie because it's, they go to the movies. And so we're going to show this theater scene and you're going to see some of the people in the theater. Well, it turns out they go to the movies a lot in this movie. There's a lot of time spent in the theater and there's a lot of time spent outside of the theater with, you know, crowds of people. So that is, it, it was just a lot of fun. Now, people who know me know that I'm very careful about uh, copyright infringement. I want to be very careful, you know, on Welcome to Level 7, which is about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm not using the Bear McCreary uh, music. I'm not using the, uh, the themes from the movies or anything like that. I'm using music that I have the rights to use. And, you know, if I do do something outside of something that I have permission to use, uh, it's, I'm very careful that I fall on the fair use side of things and I'm hyper careful. And I, I, I hope, you know, if you're listening right now, I'm, I, I don't have a problem with what podcasters do. It's just, I'm, I, it's just a, it's just a quirk for me, I guess. And, and part of it comes down to, I had some of my comic books that I created pirated. And I feel like, you know, if I'm going to get upset about having my own stuff pirated, then it would only make sense for me to be careful about using someone else's stuff illegally. And so I would never do anything like what I'm about to share that I have done, but I had to do it. I just had to because, I mean, this was Swamp Thing on the screen in a major release movie. And so I snuck a recorder into the theater, a tape recorder. Uh, I snuck it into the theater and I recorded all of Swamp Thing's dialogue in the movie. Now... I am almost, I'm scared that Warner Brothers is going to come after me about this, but I was just too excited and I just had to do this. And so I'm going to play the recordings for you right now of Swamp Thing's dialogue in Teen Titans Go. And I hope this doesn't spoil too much, but I I just can't help it. So here is... The uh, dialogue that happened during the movie theater scene. Um, now, to try and stay within fair use, I'm only going to play Swamp Thing's dialogue. I'm not going to play the dialogue that was around it. Um, I'm going to stick with that fair use. This is journalistic. That's how I'm able to do this. But if I'm playing the whole scene, then that's not journalism. I'm not reporting about Swamp Thing now. I'm, I'm just playing scenes, you know? And so I'm just going to play Swamp Thing's dialogue. And, and again, I'm, I'm just being hyper vigilant and, and just being super careful. Um, 
because I, I don't want to get in trouble. And, and so Warner Brothers, DC, if you are listening right now, uh, this, is, this is fair use. And, and I'm not, no infringement is intended. I'm totally infringing, but it's not intended. So it's okay. So here is Swamp Thing's dialogue during the first movie theater scene. Okay, now here is Swamp Thing's dialogue from the first crowd scene after the theater scene when everyone is in a crowd and they're talking about and to the Teen Titans who are having some problems with what's going on. And this is the insight that Swamp Thing offered to that conversation. Now, during the chase scene at the end of the movie, I don't want to spoil too much about why people are chasing people, but Swamp Thing was a part of that chase scene. And there's a pivotal moment where if they would have just maybe paid attention to Swamp Thing in this moment, it would have changed everything when he says this. And finally, there's Swamp Thing's dialogue in the end scene. And it's, I mean, like the whole movie, there's there's hilarity that ensues in all of this. And so now I'm going to play Swamp Thing's line from the end scene of the movie after everything has gone down and everyone is kind of rallying back and 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 we're getting back into you know normal life as the heroes have gone through their hero's journey they've gone through the the most you know desperate moments of their lives and now we come to the resolution and swamp thing says this <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I told you this movie is so so funny and you just need to see it. But um Yeah. <laughs> so that is Swamp Things dialogue from Teen Titans Go. But he is all over this movie and you know I just wish he had a little bit more to say. Um but they gave him a, a couple good laugh moments. So anyway, I would like to thank you for listening to Swamp Things, comic book muckmen and mud monsters. And uh, you can find us on facebook.com slash comic book time machine. You can also find us at comic book time machine.com. And if you want to send us some feedback, you can send that to feedback at comic book time machine.com. And uh, on the Facebook page, what we'll do is we put notifications about the episodes that have uh, come out and and uh, we also sometimes post uh, fun comic book covers that I think are just cool that I discover and then I put them on the Facebook page and the other thing that we'll put up is links to comic book news that we find interesting over at the comic book time machine uh, base of operations and uh, yeah again I just want to say thank you so much for listening and if you're not having fun reading comics you might be doing it wrong so enjoy what you read and read what you enjoy. And as always, wherever your travels take you, whatever muck encrusted swamp you find yourself trudging through, Godspeed. <laughs>